Welcome to another edition of Where Are You Podcast. I am Therese Stefan. Welcome back. Welcome back. Say that hey. In the words of Mace. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm Geneva. Taking it back for real. Hello. And uh, <laughs> this is our, I guess. I guess Who's counting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just point. another. We try not to. We try not to number off these episodes. You know, we so just we gonna say, give it to you real. Yeah, this, yeah. You know. But we hope you enjoyed our first uh, edition of Where You Podcast. The general inter- introduction of of who we are, um, what we are, and and where we are. And where what hope, is this? Yeah, and where what we hope we to doing? take this podcast All at. Right. Um, we talk to you about our pillars, uh, romantically, mentally, financially, artistically, and physically. And uh, this edition, we're going to talk a little bit about mentally. Mentally. Yeah. But before, yes. how are you? Yes, yes. Thank you. Before we just jumped into this edition, <laughs> I'm so excited because we have a lot to get into. This is going to oh, be a really, man. really good good edition. I feel I feel the energy's right. We got the incense going. We got the we got the hydration going. You know, we got the got the nice vibes going. You hear my Let's wind? You should no. do, yeah, you should do like one of those, um, <laughs> those like mukbang videos where they like, not like, <clears throat> where they like eat food you know like they make those oh i hate those, those videos oh my gosh like, gross somebody else told me i should do that this is nasty uh, i don't want people to hear me was eat. it a, was it a guy that said that anyways <laughs> no it was my cousin oh, okay <laughs> she's like i can see you doing something like that i was like what Ooh, you looked at me like i was right and i was like Oof, no I had, a, I had a feeling but anyways because some people find that attractive yeah or sexual in some way some way i mean i like a man that eats some chicken whale for sure he knows how to clean the bone off. Whew. Anyways, that's not what we're not talking. We're not talking about romantically right now. How are you, Trey? Oh, right. How am I? I'm doing well. I'm really happy to be with you. I'm doing this podcast. I'm feeling really good. Today was a really good day. Everything just really flowed well. So I'm really hoping that this uh, this recording can go smoothly as well. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a deep topic but... for sure. But uh, how are you, my dear? I'm good. I'm good. Um, today's been a busy day, but I am overly blessed. And I'm pushing it, and I'm here with you, and we're going to talk about something that needs to be talked about. Definitely. So I'm excited. Yeah, but before we do, you have a lot of stuff going on in the outside world, if you want to talk about oh, that. Oh, um, well. It might have been past due already before you do this episode. <laughs> before, while you're, as you're listening, it might have already happened, but still. <laughs> well, tomorrow, my pieces, it's the open ceremony of some of my art pieces in the gallery. I'm so excited. It's my first time. I manifest this shit, man. I yeah. tell y'all. I really tweeted. I was like, by the end of the year, I'm about to have some art in the gallery. And I'm going to say, we still got three more months. Yeah. Fair you time. saw the things you imagined. Mm. Shout out to Solange. But um, what what gallery? What's the gallery? Where can people see it? Is it, how long is it going to be up? Like, it's in Seattle. Yes, it's yes. called Onyx Galleries, a black-owned gallery right in Pacific Place. Um, y'all should check it out. My pieces will be in there until December. So yeah, I'm excited. You know, I don't know how familiar you are with Pacific Place, and this is going to be very specific to the Seattle listeners out there. But man, like Pacific Place has changed so goddamn much. I went in there last week or a couple weeks ago to go to the food court, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even exist anymore. It's like a clothing store up there. 
Really? Know, how familiar are you with Pacific Place? Maybe not. Every time I went in there, it was real bougie. For sure. They have, <laughs> they have like bossware down at the bottom of the... I never uh, even do that. I remember the bossware days. Wait. Was, I think we're talking about two different malls. Oh, yeah? Pacific Place is the store like Louis Vuitton and all the bougie places. Westlake is what you're talking about. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, true. No, the Onyx Gallery is in the bougie area. <laughs> so it's in so it's in Pacific Place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about. Time. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking about Westlake. My apologies. I haven't been in Westlake in forever. Yeah, yeah. Pacific Place. I haven't been there in a while either. But yeah, Westlake has changed. I should say. I take that back. <laughs> I'll probably edit this whole thing out. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Therese? Mentally, mentally. Well, and what are we talking about? You have the you have the topics up. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking about forgiveness in the black community. Yeah. So I think that really ties into mental, mentally. Mm-hmm. How are we mentally? Where are you? And um, where? How do you want to? How do you want to tackle this? I mean, because there's there's a lot I'm going on in the outside world, socially, um, social forgiveness in the black community. But then also there's our personal journey with forgiveness. So uh, where do you want to go? Um, let's start talking about. The Mr. Genie case, the trial. For sure, for sure. Because um, if you guys watch, um, the young man who got shot in his own home by a white female police officer, um, she quote unquote mistakenly thought she was in her house and killed him while he was on his couch. Um, she just was found guilty for 10 years. However, after she was found guilty, her brother, I mean, um, Mr. Jean's brother told her that he loved her and he forgive, forgave her and that he didn't want to see her in jail. But he would like to do the Christian thing and want her to be her best and do her best. And then a black judge came and hugged her um, and gifted her with a Bible. And black Twitter is upset. For sure. Thank you for that recap, Geneva. Yeah, it's been a very interesting um couple i guess yeah interesting week mm. um with the case happening and just seeing the the outcry the reasonable outcry on twitter um my my, my first thing was like seeing that she actually got um you know she actually got time in jail which mm. is rare you know um but of course there there's more to that i think a lot of folks uh are outcrying of the fact of what you said the brother and how he showed his his type of forgiveness and the judge uh, who's a black woman um, who also, you know, hugged her, which I don't think you will ever see. I mean, w- in what America will you see a white judge hugging a black convict, you know, and handing them a Bible and saying, you know, mm-hmm. I wish you well. Um, so really, that's just the tale of two Americas. But in terms of uh, Botham Jean's brother and, and his forgiveness, uh, there's there's a level that there's a line that I personally am not willing to cross when it comes to how other people uh, grieve over their over their um over their loved ones who have passed right, on. Right. Um, if that's what uh, the brother and the father uh, feel that they need to do in order to move on and in order to, you know, feel better about, uh, you know, themselves and, and, and the legacy of, of their son and their brother, then, you know, that's totally them. And I don't think it's it's our place to, to, to jump on that. And, of course, people are going to, you know, regardless, because uh, this, is, this is the world that we live in, especially on, on social media, where... There's just this aura of anonymity, so people can, you know, say whatever they want. Everybody without, has an opinion. Yeah, everybody, <laughs> everybody can say what they want without, you know, actually having to to take the accountability for their words. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's a line that I'm not willing to cross. You know, how he is willing to grieve, that's totally on him. I I'm not in my situation that I, that's not necessarily how I'm going to roll. Um, 
but they're also using religion, which I think is, which goes back to just like our community as a whole mm. and how we, how we often use religion. I don't know. We, we think we use it um, as good for us, but we often use it against ourselves mm. because the compassion that we give to others, the compassion that we give to white folks, especially um, like it's, it's not received to us. You know, I want to say that, I, you know, I'm a humanist. <clears throat> I'm a human first. But when my humanity isn't recognized, um, that, that, that definitely becomes an issue. Right. So going back to the case, that's not how I'm going to grieve. You know, I'm not going to go around hugging a person who, who in my opinion, uh, strategically murdered, you know, a, a brother of mine or a family member of mine or any, or any loved person of mine. Um, but the, the anger is reasonable. Right. And that, that's where I stand. The, the outcry is reasonable. And just the, the whole optics of the situation just doesn't make sense to me. Like, Geneva, how do, you, how do you not know? How do you forget where your apartment's at? And especially when you go to the apartment that's uh, the floor beneath yours. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I feel that it was very strategic. See, my thing is, even if, who knows what happened, even if she did forget, that just does not give her a right Absolutely. to kill this right. man. Not at all. Not at like, all. Like, even if <laughs> off Martin... When what's his name be in the house all the time? Uh, Brumman. <laughs> Brumman from the fourth floor. Right. Fifth floor. He used to always be in Martin's house. For sure. You didn't see Martin shooting. Like, yo. Like, come on now. Just because somebody's in your house don't mean pull out a gun and shoot them dead. For sure, for sure. Regardless, it wasn't your house. <clears throat> but. And so, and allegedly going back to, to lines that I'm not necessarily willing to cross or even touch, the mother, uh, Amber Geiger's mother, um, she was also, she gave a testimony and stated that Geiger was, I believe, sexually assaulted when she was younger. So I think she sort of used that as a, as an excuse mm. as to why she, Geiger might have been triggered, you know, when she saw uh, Jean in her supposed house. But uh, again, it just, it doesn't really make sense It to doesn't me. make sense. Not it at all. It doesn't make sense. And it's just like, okay, if that happened... Now you pulling that out of midair, and it's not like he was running up and about to attack you. For sure, he was sitting on this couch. You came in, yeah, and put a bullet in him, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and the like, and what then, happened to ask questions? For sure, and then reports of her afterwards, like sending you know sexual messages right. to her to her to her partner or whatever, and then the fact that you know both of Jean was there for, I guess. He was he was left you know lying there for a few hours. What? So, wow. Um, a lot of things could have happened. His life could have been saved. You know. Mm. Um, so, but what do you think of the of the judge, particularly going up to Amber Geiger and hugging her and giving her the Bible? Bible. So I wanted to backtrack because I made um, note of the brother. I totally understand the brother because, like you said, you have to grieve the way you know how. And if that makes you feel better at the moment, who are we to say you're wrong for that? Right. Right? The judge, on the other hand, you have the status to hold. Right. Right? You have, you were elected this position. You're supposed to have, you have this role and you sit there and undermine it and hug somebody that you just gave 10 years to. It just doesn't make sense to me. Because like you said, if it was 
the other way around, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It wouldn't have happened. The, I mean, the, the, the forgiveness part from the, from the brother and the father, like I said, a line I'm not willing to cross, though it is confusing, um, it seems like the mother is the only one that seems to have been making sense of this. She made a very, very she powerful, well. yeah, a very powerful statement. And basically what I believe is that, you know, in a, in a lot of these cases when it comes to, to police officers is that they, they do whatever they can to eliminate whatever um, detrimental evidence that they have against them to make it, you know, better for themselves, mm-hmm. to make it better for their case. And I feel like that was definitely the case <laughs> in this case. And that's what she said. Yeah. She literally was like, we, hold on, she said The something. corruption. Yeah, you know. she made note of the corruption. Yeah. She said, what Brandon did today was remarkable. Is one that we were taught to do. Is one that we must do. But I, I don't want the community to be mistaken by what happened in the courtroom. Forgiveness for us as Christians is a healing for us. But as my husband said, there are consequences. It does not mean that everything else we have suffered has to go unnoticed. Period. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like, we can't, like, yes, we can forgive, but we can't forget. You know, this shit still happened, and it's still happening. Absolutely. And it happened just Friday, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. To the witness. Absolutely. To make everything, to, to put on your cons- conspiracy hat even more. <laughs> I and I wanted to. I saw this a few hours ago, and I wanted to get your your raw opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the the witness who heard the shooting, um, his name is escaping me currently. I believe it is uh, Joshua. We'll get to it eventually. Joshua something. But uh, a couple of days ago, he was shot in a Joshua relatively Brown. Joshua Brown. Thank you, Geneva. Mm-hmm. Joshua Brown, the witness of the shooting, who heard the shooting. Um, did not hear Amber Geiger yell out any police uh, directions while she bursted into the house. He, he just heard gunshots. Um, a few days after the trial, he was found dead, um, shot, killed, um, apparently by an alleged drive-by in, a, in, a, in Texas in, a, in Turtle Creek, which, and I read the comments, is allegedly a, a relatively uh, quiet area in Texas. Not a lot of um, accidents happen in that area, so... Um, again, going back to just the, the major corruption of it mm. all. And, and I want to be very careful because, you know, we probably got motherfuckers listening to this. <laughs> Shoot. So, tapping in. Man, you know. Um, but Which it, is sad. It, it just really... It's like, so all, sad. We can't talk about the shit we going through. Yeah, all of it without, you know, without fearing for our lives. What? Yeah, it's real. So... So this, let's talk about forgiveness. Yes. This, this whole thing, <laughs> this whole thing smells very, very fishy to me. <laughs> Who you telling? All these cases sound and smell and look and whatever. Absolutely. It's just hor- yeah. horrible. Yeah. Horrific. Yeah. So let's talk about forgiveness. Yes, yes. Forgiveness. That's ultimately what we are here for. But so what is you, that? Yeah, I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're <laughs> so, still, wor- still working on this, I guess. So do you feel like you are a forgiving person? Um, definitely. I think forgiveness ultimately starts with self. And I think we're going to tackle forgiveness from the, from the social stand or yeah, we have already tackled forgiveness from the social standpoint. Now we're going to talk about from the uh, personal standpoint. Yeah. Forgiveness definitely starts, um, with self. And I think that's really important to have just like self love words of affirmation that you speak to yourself and being able to forgive yourself of past incidents that you feel that may be holding you up. That's definitely something that I continue to work on. But I think ultimately the forgiveness that you have within yourself, that transfers out to your forgiveness um, for people, um, especially like family members who you may feel that you have tumultuous relationships with, or friends, 
or friendships that have ended or just, you know, projects that you started or, and haven't been able to finish. So those are all those are all the things that I deal with uh, personally with forgiveness. But it always centers back to just making sure that I can center myself and, you know, be okay with the, um, just be okay with, with where I am in life, you know, and being yeah. able to forgive myself um, for things that I've done in the past. And even if people haven't, and, you know, if I reach out to people who I've slighted or have done wrong and they don't necessarily forgive me, you know, at least I've done what I can to reach out and, and do my part. Um, and, you know, I can at least open that, leave that door open for them to, you know, come through and, and um, extend that friendship or relationship if, if so be it. But as long as I'm doing my part to show forgiveness to me and then ultimately that goes out to the world, you know, that's where it starts for me. How about yourself? Yeah, that was deep. Um, I feel like I'm a very forgiving person. I feel like I have to be yeah. to stay positive and stay afloat um, because I've been through so much. And if I sat in that, I feel like I'll be really, really depressed. Yeah. And so forgiving has allowed me to step out of my comfort zone, um, do things that people probably think twice about because, well, Geneva, you are a survivor of <laughs> rape and you still hang out with strangers. Like people ask me that all the time. But at the same time, it's just like, I'm not going to stand in fear. I'm going to keep on pushing through. Um, so I think it's important to forgive just to let go and move forward and forgive your past and forgive, like you said, your family who has hurt you, forgive yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, forgiveness of self is a really big thing. And telling yourself that I forgive you and I'm going to do better. Yes. And even if, like you said before, it's like if you hurt somebody, forgiving yourself for that, even if that person doesn't accept that forgiveness. Um, but to relate, I just feel like this this subject is so, so deep because it's like we talk about forgiving and forgiving ourselves. Definitely. But at the same time, how can we forgive those who do not accept us for just being us? For sure. For sure. And so how do we move forward from that? And it's like, should we walk around forgiving Amber? Yeah. You know, should we walk around forgiving police officers or people who are causing us harm just so we can better ourselves? Or when do we stand up and stand our ground? I mean, both forgiving and standing your ground. Don't yeah, get me seriously. wrong. But at the same time, when it, like, what does that look like? I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, we, like, what, what is, yeah, what does forgiveness look like? I think that's, like, that's the big question right there. Um, yeah, it, it really is a, a slippery slope. I can't, it, I know for me, like, I don't live in, in hate. I don't live in anger or, you know, anxiety of um, things that have happened, though the anger or though my, 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 I do have righteous anger. My, our anger should be, our anger is justified, Geneva. And you sent me, you know, a nine-minute clip. Uh, you slid my DMs a few days ago and sent me a clip of Farrakhan, a nine-minute clip of Farrakhan. Now, I don't know <laughs> if, if y'all can, you know, watch Farrakhan for, for nine minutes. That's a little long for me. Um, but he definitely, but forgiveness was the, the, the main topic of, of his sermon, and he definitely... Um, harped on what you said on how what forgiveness looks like in our community and how we can easily forgive like we said we can we can forgive amber geiger in that situation like her brother like uh, both of jean's brother and father and the judge um 
but then we can turn around and not, you know, forgive our family members for not, you know, paying us $20, mm-hmm. you know, or for, you know, not picking us up or, you know, stuff like that. Right. I was on Facebook the other day and this woman was mad at um, this black business. Mm-hmm for doing something wrong they i guess they ran late i don't know exactly something wrong okay and she posted she says that's why i don't support black businesses right as a black person see and you could have just kept your black dollar and shut the fuck up Excuse I my just, language, I <laughs> but i just don't understand how we can be so anti each other for sure but so forgiving of others we <laughs> will wear gucci still we will wear asian yeah we will wear all the stuff that literally will laugh in our face yeah. constantly. Yeah, that's that's the the deep, deep effects of, of white supremacy and how deeply ingrained it is with, uh, within us um, to just already go in those situations just slighted, you know, already thinking like, oh, what are you going to do? Just mm-hmm. already skeptical of, 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 uh, of, of black businesses and, you know, being a part of a black, you know, you yourself, an entrepreneur, myself being part of a, a, a black-owned nonprofit and working with other black businesses when you present yourself to other people especially your your people mm-hmm. who you hope can uplift you you're usually met with that skepticism right um so that is unfortunate but I feel like, but oh. i i can't i can't allow i can't allow that and we can't allow that we can't allow those situations because we've been slighted you know many a time by our own folk um and the saying goes all skin folk and kin folk and that is true you know that is true um but we can't let these situations, me personally, I, I don't let these situations that have happened to me, I don't let that dictate my future experiences um, with my people because I know that, I know that it's, it's more than, I know that it's more than just us. Mm-hmm. And yes, we do play a part into it. Yes, we're all, we do have this unfortunate crabs in a barrel mentality, um, especially in businesses and nonprofits when it comes to capitalism and money. That's just the society that we live in, unfortunately. Um, but I don't let those experiences shape how my future experiences with black folk are because that's, that's unfortunate because that, that, that's unfair to me as a black person, right. you know, and that's where the, the identity crisis of being a black person comes in because those experiences then make you upset at your own people and you, you try to, assimilate more into these white spaces mm. and you you don't forgive yourself so you, you just hate yourself you hate yourself and you hate you hate your own people right and i feel um, like it's hard I, yeah. I i feel like it's easier said than done being an entrepreneur Definitely. myself i feel like it's hard working in black spaces either it's competition seems like or we always want to step on each other's back and it's hard for me to get out of that. And it's something that I'm constantly working on um, because it's big as in forgiving yourself mm-hmm. and understanding yeah. that you need to have self-love because yeah. when we love ourselves, then we will spread that further and further. Mm-hmm. But it's like we have to love ourselves unconditionally so that we can love each other. Yes. And when we love each other, that's when we're going to build. Mm-hmm. But it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because when you get those looks and those memes or them questions of why your price is what they are, or, ooh, but I'm going to go and spend money at Forever 21 but not support you or H&M or not support you. And it's like, yo, all right, well, I have to keep on pushing. I remember I was talking to a friend 
and they were, um, I just told them how I just, I don't care to entertain white spaces anymore. And they told me, it was like, well, you sometimes you got to do what you got to do so you can move forward. But it's just like, why can't we just create our own spaces and build from there? For sure. For sure. Where it's, we love on each other and care for each other. And like we said before, that's just forgiveness because we've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. We've been through a lot. And if we don't forgive ourselves and love each other, this shit is going to constantly happen. People are going to continue to kill on us because we're not. I don't. I don't know, right? No, you're. You're definitely. I, I don't know. It, it literally. It makes me so damn emotional. Yeah, I feel it. I. I know. Ex- I feel exactly where you're coming Every from. Every time Geneva. turning on the TV and seeing my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. being killed off because of hate, because of hate. I don't even know what we need to do to move forward from here besides love on each other. Absolutely. That's all we have at this point. Yeah. Because I'm fucking tired. Mm -hmm. We can't even have people witnessing and telling the story of what happened without them being feared for their life and killed two days after. My heart is heavy. Like, what can we do to save that young man? What can we do to tell Jean, you can't even be at your house on your fucking couch without being killed? You know? You can't be sitting at a gas station. You can't walk and get some Skittles. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. That is, that's the, that's literally where we're at. That is the that is the extremity that we're at right now in America, and um, really all we got is all we have is ourselves. We only have each other, so we have to continue to spread love. Yeah, we have to build. We have to yeah. support each other, mm-hmm. not just financially, mentally, physically, artistically. All the leaves that we got in the pillars. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> But really, it just—I mean—you you centered you—you you brought it back home when you said it. It just starts with self-love. Like once we once we start loving ourselves and forgiving ourselves and appreciating ourselves for who we are and and what we can continue to be, like that will that will transfer that will transfer out into the world and people will begin to see that because. Unfortunately, there are black people who believe that they are less than mm. and feel that we are, um, that these killings are, are justifiable, that think that we are, that we are less than, that think that we're subhuman. I, I mean, it, it's shitty to say, but that, that, unfortunately, that's how a lot of us think. And when we, as a black community, when we as black folks begin to, you know, utter the same the same dialect that white folks do or that other um, non-white people do when it, that have anti-black sentiments, when we begin to say that, when we begin to share that, to them, that's like, oh, okay, you're just giving us more ammo, mm-hmm. literally more ammo. So... It's like, at this point, will love yeah. save us? Yeah, we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got like, a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous way to go. And the the hatred of self you know it it just stems from generations of, of mm. self-hate generations of self-hate 
So that's what we but, hope. That's and what, it makes sense, though. It makes sense of where the hates come from. Yeah. That's why it's so important to go back to history lane. Have those conversations with our grandparents. Yes. Have those conversations with our great-grandparents if they're still alive. And literally ask them about their story. Because this shit is cycling over. Trauma is cycling over. It is. It really is. And we're here. Yeah. Like, yes, they did the march. Yes, civil rights movement. Yes, renaissance. Yes, all this stuff that they did and made a difference. Yeah. We still got some motherfucking work to do. A lot of work. A lot. A lot of people can't even still vote. We we got comfortable, <laughs> essentially. Mm. And uh, I spoke, I, this was a few years ago. I know we're sort of going off track here, but I had a conversation with an with a older old black gentleman like at a bus stop. It was like late at night, and we, he just like randomly started talking to me about just like blackness and how much how much it's changed so much and like how we really really had a movement going in the 60s and 70s especially after the death of Martin Luther King with the black power movement which was a lot more focused on like self-love but also like um, financial stability um, mental stability physical stability you know we had black panthers even here in Seattle um, having lunch programs at Garfield High School um, having lunch programs for kids and I think they even still do some work then. But even though, but even still, the older black gentleman, what he said that really stood out to me was that we got comfortable. You know, a lot of those activists in the 60s and 70s, they ended up becoming mayors mm. in the 80s and 90s. So they, they became, they assimilated into the more white dominated culture, mm. you know, local politics or even just, or U.S. politics. So a lot of them got comfortable thinking that this is, this is the, um, this is the ceiling that we that we can get to, you know, being being at the table, having a seat at the mm. table, uh, but not necessarily owning the table. Well, and I'm about to bring us back a little bit. Go for it. Tell me what you found out about the judge. Oh man, <laughs> in the case, yeah, of Gene. To I know we're we're taking it back a little bit more with our conspiracy hat, but the the judge. Uh, her name is Tammy Kemp, the district judge, 204th ju- Judicial District. Um, there apparently was a, um, the Dallas Police Association proudly endorsed uh, Tammy Kemp and her campaign, her, her most recent campaign of staying um, as a judge. So there you have it right there. Tammy Kemp was the judge that hugged Amber Geiger after giving her her sentence. And she was the one that provided that optical illusion of giving her the hug, making it seem that everything is going to be all right. So making it even more um, fishy. There you have and it. like when you said, we get these positions and get comfortable. And we and stop. Tammy, and Tammy Kemp. Yeah. <laughs> Tammy Kemp, a black woman. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, get comfortable. We, we can't get comfortable. Yeah. We don't have any space to get comfortable. Yep. We have no space. Yep, yep. All right. Boy, oh boy. Got me uh, over here crying a little bit. Seriously, I'm tearing up. Man, my brothers and sisters, I love y'all. Yeah. And it's important to have these conversations. Very important. Very important. We got to, I I believe, and hopefully we can can see the day where we can truly, you know, be united as a people. I believe we can get there, Geneva. Um, But while we're here right now, I just want to say that I love you very much. Oh, I love you too. And uh, I hope the people out there can continue to... um, better themselves and, and find ways to love themselves however it is that they can right so let's wrap it up with some affirmations absolutely absolutely you want to go first or uh, i am loved yeah 
Absolutely. Period. <laughs> I feel it. And my, my daily affirmation, um, I am, I'm going to continue to speak nice to myself. Mm. Words of self-love. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Affirmations. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm sending you all love, light, healing, healing. Y'all, please be patient with yourself and listen to your heart and allow yourself to feel this because this is not normal. So, you know, our brother and sister's killed. It's not a normal thing. It's traumatic. Yes. That's so. what it is. And it, that's what creates that, that anxiety and that, yeah. So allow yourself to have those feelings. Cry if you need to. And always know that we love you and we're always sending you love. Take it easy.